We continue with our sermon series on setting a course for a better life, and, and we've noticed the importance as we do this journey of keeping Jesus as our true north and noting real clearly, as best we can, what is harmful and what is helpful to us as we make this journey such as personal, personal morality and social ethics, how those things affect our course, how religious practice and theological thinking, how those things impact our course, how Scripture, when it's read rightly, can fill our sails and give us uh, fair, fair winds to move forward. We recognize that our thoughts and our speech and our behaviors have consequences, and perhaps we're recognizing that more clearly nowadays than we have some other decades of our lives. Today we think specifically about the importance of service and helping us along our way. So let's get into our worship service and center ourselves about God's Spirit praying that God would impact us and move us along in our journey of faith. Good morning. Please join me in our call to worship. Setting sail, we seek the winds of the Spirit to carry us forward. There are times where we are called to help others, and in doing so, we learn about ourselves as well. All right, I'll invite anyone who is willing and wants to, you can stand as we join in our opening hymn, We Are Called.
Thank you, Gloria. Choir singing that song so well. That is uh, one of my new uh, very favorite hymns. Uh, expresses uh, the faith that is in my heart that brings me into ministry and into service for our Lord. Let us pray. Holy God, we invoke your presence upon us this morning. We pray that your spirit that is here, that is with us each moment of our lives would make itself known in this time of worship. That we would go through this worship without doubt that your presence is here, that you are prodding and nurturing and leading us forward, nurturing us healing us, inspiring us. Be present with us in this time of worship to our good and to your glory. We pray this in your name. Amen. children. Oh, for as excited as you are, you can do better than that. Good morning, children. Ah, there we go. I am excited about today. I feel like I've been running around like a chicken with my head cut off, but we have some great things planned for you who are gathered here, and if you're coming a little later to join us, that's great. We have some fun in store for us. For the adults that did not sign up but want to volunteer, we could use about four more people to pass out goodies so that the parents who are volunteers could walk around with their kids instead of passing things out at doors. So if you're willing to do that, we would be very appreciative of that. And now I wanna to talk to the kids directly. First of all, you look fabulous. I see a Princess Peach, I see a Harley Quinn, I see a Marshall, I see a Baby Yoda, I see an Alice, I see a unicorn and many more. This is a great day and it's so fun. Thank you for dressing up. Hi, sweetheart, how are you? I am excited for today for a couple different reasons. One, we get to have fun together and we're inviting people to join us. We have somewhere between 20 and 35 kids who are gonna be here today, which is a great, great celebration. So we appreciate that. And then today's also a special day called Consecration Sunday. And I'm pretty sure that the kids in our church are like, what the heck is that big word? Exactly. Thank you, sir. I didn't even plant him. I promise. It's a day where we make commitments to the church. All of the adults are invited to say, this is how I'm going to give to the church this year. And I want to invite you as kids to also think about how you can give to the church. Now, when we talk as adults, we sometimes are talking about the money that we give, but we can also give the things that we do well. So I want to give an example of a gift that was given to the church by one of our children this past week. It is a beautiful card that says believe. It has a purple heart and a cross in it. Tells us who it's from. Do you want me to reveal the, the maker? It's from Miss Laney, just so you guys know. And inside, she drew a picture of an angel and a picture of God. 
and she gave that to Pastor Walt and I last week. This is one of the ways that you guys can give back to the church. You can say, I love God and I love the church so much that I want to give something back. And that is a great gift because it's saying to God, thank you for all that you have done for me and the fact that you're in my life. So if you want to think about the ways that you can give back to the church as well, I would love to hear about them after worship at our harvest ho- Halloween harvest activity. So I will hear from you then, but let's take a moment to talk to God. Let's go to God in prayer. Dear God, thank you for today and for tomorrow. Thank you for yesterday. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us so much. Help us to give back to you so that we truly can say thank you. Amen. All right, have a fun time in Sunday school, and I'll see you guys in a little bit. join me in a moment of prayer. Awesome and almighty God, we do come to you this day saying, oh Lord, hear my prayer. We are calling to you this day, trusting that you are listening to us. Answer our prayers, maybe not in the ways that we expect, but in ways that bring healing and wholeness to our lives. Help us to see the ways that you are inviting us to be the answers to someone else's prayer. Help us to see the ways that you are calling us to service, to be light in the darkness, to be your hands and feet in the world, empowering us, inspiring us, and enabling us to do your good work for your people throughout our community and throughout the world. This day, we lift up prayers for people within our community and those who touch the lives of those in our community. We lift up prayers this day for Debbie and Larry Beasley, longtime friends of Laura Bentliff and Margot Alcroft, as Debbie goes through treatment procedures for recurrent breast cancer. Be with Debbie and Larry as they walk this road and they trust in your grace. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for David Fonicky, uh, who was hospitalized this week with pneumonia and heart issues. 
we join Steve Langberg in lifting up this prayers and trust that you are present to David at this time. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for my mother Cheryl Allen as she awaits surgery for a mass growing on her pituitary gland. Be with her in the waiting and be with the doctors in the surgery. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Larry Tabo, who was ill for 10 days with a very high fever. They've determined that it's not COVID, but they're still trying to determine exactly what it is, Lord. Be with Larry and Roz as they continue to seek answers. We do know that Larry has a scar scarred lobe in his lung, um, and we ask that you be with them as the doctors discern how best to care for Larry at this time. Oh, Lord hear our prayers. We continue to pray for Roz Tabo's 95-year-old mother, Margaret Wood, who is coping from extreme, or with extreme pain from a broken vertebrae and six broken ribs. We ask you to be with Roz's mother that she might feel some comfort from the pain and have the healing that she needs. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for our own Esther McLean, who fell last Saturday and has been in the hospital since then, experiencing weakness in her limbs. Be with Esther that she might have the healing that she needs so that she can return home soon. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We join with Candy Wilcox lifting up prayers for Jim Juliano, uh, who is Candy's daughter-in-law's father. He was hospitalized with severe back pain and has a possible surgery in the upcoming future. Be with Jim that he might feel comfort from his pain. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we lift up prayers for one of our youth, Jack Elgener, as he prepares to have surgery on Thursday to repair the injury in his arm and elbow. Be with Jack as he awaits the surgery. Be with Jack's parents as they await news of the surgery and let all of them have patience in the healing process. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We take a moment to lift up the prayers that are on our hearts this morning to you this day. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We bring all of these prayers to you, saying the prayer that your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
just me or does the choir sound really good today? <laughs> now that's not because there's no guys up there, is it? <laughs> An earthquake had hit Haiti Hundreds of people were killed and thousands were displaced and endangered as a consequence. The world was stunned and help started pouring into the island country. A parishioner pulled me aside and wondered if I thought it was worth it for him to go there and help. He was a physician and had the resources to make this humanitarian journey possible. I responded, sure, if, if he could arrange it, and then asked what he thought of the idea of doing it. He then kind of paused and, and looked at me and said he had decided against it. What good would it do, he wondered out loud to me. The place is a mess. It will always be a mess. It's a waste of my time to go. This was one of my uh, saddest times in ministry, witnessing this decision to not help another when it was so within his ability to do so. Helping others apparently does not come naturally to some of us or perhaps to all of us. I like to think it's part and parcel of who we are, yet I have discovered that at bottom, we humans are selfish creatures, and we need to be taught and encouraged to care for others beyond ourselves. Now, for my religious perch, this seems to be connected to what is oftentimes called original sin the basic self-centered orientation that we have as our fundamental nature. John Dewey's philosophic pragmatism argued that looking out for one's self was the best way to order society harnessing selfishness to get us all forward was the best way to go. Anne Rand pushed this in her literature. Many other thoughtful writers and philosophers begged to differ with them. And let me say it plainly, I think our faith would disagree with this perspective also. Indeed, our faith would argue 
the opposite. To build a good world, we need to act beyond our selfishness and live altruistically with one another. When we all put the other's concerns above ourselves, we build a caring community that better uplifts everyone. Who would believe such a thing, though? You know, sometimes it's, it's hard for us modern Americans with our heralded long-ranger individualism, our pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstrap mentality, and our, our theme of looking out for number one is number one concern for ourselves. We've had a resurgence of this self-centered perspective these days, such a fuss, draped in a host of, of other presentations, yet still the same, same thing of selfishness. An interesting post passed on by a parishioner caught my attention this week. It was about Stan Rushworth, a uh, a man of Cherokee descent who noted the Western settler mindset said, I have rights, while the indigenous people's mindset said, I have obligations. He then went on to say, obligations to serve the past, the present, the future generations. It got me thinking. Rights versus obligations. Privileges versus responsibilities. Oh, we're so wrapped up in these terms, are we not? And what does our faith, what does Jesus say to us about these kind of things? Where are we supposed to come out in these debates or how should we be entering these debates of whether we offer a caring embrace or a glancing look of disregard to one another or to people in need. In the Gospel of John, Jesus is remembered as making a big point in his final meal with his disciples about being other-focused and serving others. Do you remember this? I'm going to call upon our ancient technology, my partner in ministry, to step forward and share our first scripture reading this morning from the Gospel of John. Our scripture reading today is from John 13, verses 12 through 17. After he had washed their feet had put on his robe and re had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, 
your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are no greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Stay put. Stay put. Jesus seems to make it pretty clear to my ears. Service is the key to discipleship, a central component of living a good life through his spirit. Our second reading underscores the importance of this service to others. The author of the book of James, you'll recall, is believed to be Jesus' brother. Let's hear what he wrote. Our next scripture reading today is from James 1, verses 22 through 27. But be doers of the word, not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and on going away, immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty and, of perse- and perseverance, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any of they are religious and do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts, their re- religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Most modern religious thinkers appreciate the balance it is thought James gave that early Jesus movement as he asserted the the crucial need of expressing faith physically in service beyond just verbally in belief. Living a life of of service is a cornerstone of Christian faith and discipleship in Christ Jesus. Jesus' ministry resets the terms of human relationships. We are to serve one another in the graceful spirit of love, sacrificial love, a transformative healing kind of love. Such a life will be building God's kingdom differently from the kingdom of the Romans which was key to Jesus' followers and those who lived in the aftermath of his life, death, and resurrection. What was this kingdom you were talking about, Jesus? How is it different than what we're living through now? Well, as Borg and Crossan right, thinking about that difference. 
empire promises peace through violence force. Eschaton, their word for the goal of the kingdom of God, promises peace through nonviolent justice. There was a major difference in what Jesus was calling people to be a part of and calls us to be a part of. Jesus revealed this truth in his life, his death, and his, his resurrection. James also understood this, and, and we heard it communicated through his epistle and through his martyrdom. And Paul lived it forward as well. Take a good look at Paul's life. A group of us have been studying Paul's epistles for, gosh, it's a year and a half now or so. I don't know, from the beginning of the pandemic. It's, it seems like it's been forever. And we get caught up in thinking about what Paul's saying. And every once in a while, we need to step back and say, well, what was Paul's life actually like? as he was doing these things he was saying. And we're consistently reminded of the sacrificial nature of Paul's love, the distance he went to try to communicate the love of the gospel and the potential of that love to rock your world so much that it would become new and different and better. So I invite you this morning to imagine along with me, imagine, just imagine if this call, this call to loving service of others just imagine if this call was the main stream, not the side stream, of Christian culture or American culture or global culture. Imagine if the self-centered ones of the world were marginalized as weaklings and unrealistic, unrealistic in their lives, and non-productive for society. And the other-centered ones were lifted up and celebrated in their personal strength for having found a way to be that way. And considered the true realists in how to make life abundant. And seen as the ones, the ones who really made society the most productive. Imagine that. Imagine that upside down world, huh? It would be an upside-down world, wouldn't it? You see it like me, don't you? 
that Jesus has come to make things different. To make things better. Imagine that. And Jesus says then, and to all of us now who have ears to listen, Jesus says, imagine that as being true, friends. It is. It is where the truth lies. So live into it for me. And you will remake this world and you will build the kingdom of God that I came to inaugurate. God's kingdom of peace with justice through love let loose in your lives. God's arc of salvation history, which we, which we looked at last week. Do you still remember that? Did you take the screenshot of that? Did you then cut out the little pieces and put them in line and glue them together and put them on your mirror in your bathroom maybe? Or No, you didn't go that far, did you? All right, well, this arc of salvation history is grounded in the principle of love of God and love of neighbor with a love that you would be delighted in receiving for yourself. It calls for an other-focused life. A life focused on the divine and focused on your neighbor. And made real through our behaviors, not just our speech. In the power, in the reality of our service. This, dear friends, to my mind, is our worldview as a Christian. This is our faith as, as disciples of Christ. This is, this is to be the contour of our lives as good humans that our grandkids are going to look at and they're going to notice about us. Imagine how the world would be if such an orientation was our commonly held intention on how to rear our children, that we taught our kids that this is how life is. This is how you are to be. This is the best way. Or we shared with one another that, that this was the way to the worthwhile life as an adult. And how is it that I can help you towards that? as I try to get towards that too. Or if this was our genuinely and genuinely accepted way of the ordering of society. 
Imagine. And you know how that saying goes. If you can imagine it, you can become it. As we spread the word of, of, re, of the redemptive power of love to heal, to transform, love to make new through the living of our lives in service to God and to neighbor, our sails will fill with the fair wind of the Holy Spirit. And empower us forward on a course to a better life. Amen. As people with love let loose in our lives, we have the opportunity to share God's love with others. Through our tithes, gifts, and offerings, we help to imagine that kingdom that God wants to create among us and around us and through us. And we have the ability to respond and work to bring that about. That is a great gift when we let love lead. And I am so thankful that we get to do it together as a community of faith. Today, we have a couple different options in that we, this is gonna be the time where we present our tithes and offerings to God, but it's also our opportunity to present our pledge campaigns or our pledge cards to the church to be consecrated. Because as Pastor Walt said, when we imagine it, we work to bring it into reality. When we make commitments of faith, it helps us to hold ourselves accountable and to work towards a goal together. So those pledges that you make help us to work towards the goal of being a community of faith in service to the world. We receive the gift of music as we respond. If you've brought your pledge cards and have not turned them in yet, while the music is playing, we'll invite you to place them in the baskets and we'll offer a prayer over them at the end of the of the song this day.
please join me in prayer. Awesome and almighty God, we present these pledges to you and ask that you bless them. Nurture our lives, nurture our hopes, nurture our commitments in such a way that we can continue to build your kingdom and continue to see the ways in which you are joining all of us together as a family of faith to witness to your community. Help us to build off of these commitments in such a way that we continue to work to build your kingdom. Amen. Amen. We hope this service has been a blessing to you. Building relationships and, and social networks are, are crucial to our life's journey. In the serving of others, people have discovered their own true value, their own healthy lives. So hospitality, fellowship, and, and mission work, all sorts of compassionate caring towards others puts a strong wind in our sails. Let me remind you of a couple opportunities. One is that service this uh, tomorrow for All Saints. Uh, beautiful service, 7 p.m. And then our special church conference coming up Wednesday. Two important things to the life of the church and perhaps to your sense of discipleship and spiritual health. Be safe, stay healthy, and know that you are loved. No.